what's up? I'm your host, Bob Thompson, and welcome to Unleashing Greatness, the number one show for people who are ready to finally start or scale their own business and do it successfully. Over the last nine years, I've scaled my little basement business to 15 plus locations and several other businesses, but it hasn't been without trial and error and lots of adversity. I'm here to share with you the strategies and tools that actually work when running a business and how not to lose yourself while doing it. So if you're ready to unleash the greatness within you, let's dive into today's show. First off, I want to super thank you for being here, for yeah. doing this today. Yeah, man. Obviously, the, uh, the podcast is new for me, uh, but it's all about getting value for everybody else, yeah. whether mostly entrepreneurs and stuff. And I think one of the best relationships that I've formed in the last year is with you. you know, and I was able to connect that from O'Brien. And he was just like, yeah, I've been working with Dan for, I think it was like a year when you were working with him. About a year, yeah. And he was just like how much of a game changer it was. And I was stuck in that, like I had recently moved out here. I was trying to figure out like, all right, there's something missing from my life. I don't know what it is. There's something missing at that point and I needed to figure out. I knew that I couldn't figure it out on my own and also needed like accountability and, and that. So that's where we connected. Yeah. It's been quite a while. And when I've been putting this podcast together and I was thinking about it, I was, you know, I think a big thing for me now, especially as I continue my entrepreneurial journey, is making sure that I don't get lost in the ways that I got lost before. And I think that's something that happens for a lot of people when we were just talking about it. And then I was just like, well, there's, <laughs> I'm not the one to talk about this. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my area of expertise. It's you, bro. Yeah. So I appreciate you being here. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm excited too because I think that. Over the years that I've been coaching, which if, if I zoom out a little bit, isn't even really that long, like maybe mm-hmm. 13 or 14 years coaching entrepreneurs and high-performing people. It's, a long time. it's, it's not a long time <laughs> if you look at like some of some of the people that have been doing it okay, the, yeah. the best. You know what That's I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like I'm a small fish in this game, mm-hmm. but I do have some experience coaching some high-level people. Yeah. And what's so interesting about it is like it's, it's really easy to get lost in the day-to-day stuff or with hyper-focusing on one area and then like neglecting some of the others. Oh yeah. And what I'd really love to cover today is like uncovering some of those areas that high-performing people tend to neglect. Yeah. That way like we can create um, like a high-level view of the areas that are most important so that you can have like almost like a sense of balance Yeah. over over all of the areas. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Because so, I'm always learning and this is something that I need to do. So I'm going to be getting it out of the benefit out of this as much For as sure. anybody else. Yeah. But I think that's something that's, I actually told myself, especially as I started and then as I was scaling, and I've heard this from other people, that there is no such thing as balance. Sure. And especially when you're not a business owner or an Agreed. entrepreneur. And so I think that'd be awesome to kind of like touch on that. Like, how can you actually do that? Because otherwise you're just going to get you're going to get lost. You're going to get burnt out yeah. and you're actually probably going to get like destroyed and, and kicked out of this game. Yeah. So I think that'd be awesome. And I think the viewers and the listeners will get a lot of benefit from it. I think there's this, this beautiful dance that you as the, as the business owner, as the entrepreneur, whatever your title is, there's this beautiful dance that you get to have between balance and, and consistency and absolute chaos. <laughs> and and you get to like find that sweet spot yeah. where you can dance in between the two. Um, 
if I look back at like my own career mm-hmm. in in sports or in business or whatever, um, there were times where things were really good and I had things in balance. But then there were other times where it was like I was completely out of whack. I was f- hyper focused on my business and that was all going well. But I was neglecting some of these other things. And it's like when you can have the awareness that you are kind of neglecting some of those other things that you can kind of dance back, get things under control. And then, you know, just is going back and forth and being yeah. able to do that with flexibility mm-hmm. that I think is where most high performing people do really well. What I don't believe in okay. is you just being entirely stringent on one way or the other. Yeah. It's really hard to sit here and say, well, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do eight different things that are going to help keep me in balance for the day. Like I think on the surface level, that sounds great. And I think in a lot of like marketing and like what a lot of the gurus are teaching nowadays is, mm. is that style. Okay. But the reality of it, at least for me, it's been my experience that that doesn't always work. Yeah. I don't like always wake up in the mornings anymore and do all of these eight different things for all of these different areas of my life. It just doesn't work like that. So, actually, so taking a step back then, so what does your morning look like? Honestly, like I, I used to be one of those guys that would get up and I would do like the, the, the rituals and, mm-hmm. you know, go through all that stuff. But nowadays I feel like it varies from season okay. to season. Right now what it looks like is I typically get up at the same time every day and I'll get right into the hot tub and I'm yeah. typically there for 45 minutes to an hour. And it's in that time where like I'll typically do one of two things. I'll either leave my phone on the railing on my back deck and mm-hmm. I'll just tune in mm-hmm. to the turkeys or the deer or the squirrels because <laughs> I got all that stuff yeah. going right now. And like I'll just like get my mind right for the day or I'll have my phone and I'll be formulating my list. Like what's most important for me today? What are the things I need to do at the house? What are the things I need to do in, you know, just like the random yeah. things? What are my mission critical items? Mm-hmm which I think mission critical is something we should talk about too. It's really helpful. Yeah. But I like to put my list together. Yeah. Either way, like it's, it's prepping me for the day. Mm -hmm. And so after I get done with a hot tub, I'll go back inside and I'll get a quick stretch. Now that my body's nice and warm, I'll go through a 15 minute stretch just to kind of like loosen things up, Mm -hmm. get my circulatory system on board, get my muscular system on board. And then I'll dive in whatever, yeah. whatever that first mission critical item is for the day. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that makes sense. So in that's, I think that's where a lot of people give themselves pressure. And we actually kind of talked about it before today, even kicking off, before we started recording. <laughs> yeah. Is it was like, all right, you know, for me, I'm, I'm thinking I got so many things to do. Yeah. You know, and how am I going to split it up? And we've been working on how to actually break those up. Yeah. So there's congruency and things actually get done instead yep. of this to do list being piled. But I do like that because that's one of the. Really, I don't have a morning ritual either anymore. Yeah. And I used to never have one. I used to be like, when I wake up, I wake up, whether that's back in the day when I was, you know, partying and stuff and that would be mm-hmm. I'm waking up at nine today or I'm waking up at seven or whatever. It was just say hey, when I wake up and then I get going on my to-do list, so to speak. Now it's more like I wake up and I'm waking up earlier now than I was before. Yeah. But it's, you know, I'm gonna have coffee and I'm gonna read. Yeah. And generally speaking, it's gonna you know, kind of like similar to you, it's like setting my day up for success. Yeah. It's almost like that level of meditation and yeah. getting focused and and like kind of getting myself set up to accomplish the things that I need to accomplish, but it's not a million things I have to do. Yep. Usually, you know, my one of the things that I've been impressed about recently talking to you is how like 
you only have a few key things each week that's like, hey, that's if I do it. these, it's, it's good. Yeah. But like for me, it's like I read, whether it be reading on generally reading on spirituality and then business or like right now, it's pretty much just business or finance kind of things right now, you know, and then I'll add in some, some spirituality later in this week or next week. And then doing that and then, you know, getting into my day, like getting started and it's like, what's today's focus? You know, what do I have to do? What is my scorecard for the week to be successful? And it's like, that doesn't mean, because what I would do is like earlier in the week, I'd be like, I have to get every single thing done for every single business and then <laughs> just course. get like overwhelmed and stressed. And then by the end of the week, I'm like, oh, I missed this or that. So I yeah. think that's really cool. Yeah, so. definitely, man. And and that's that's one of like the pitfalls of being a, a high performing dude mm-hmm. or, or a woman is that like you're good at so many different things that you want to take on all of them and then you want to like almost like create the pressure of needing to get them all done today. Yeah. You know, and and that's something that I'll easily fall into the trap of too. I want to do a podcast. I want to have a coaching program. I want to work with these brands. I want to, I want to, you know, park out all 10 of my acres this (laughs) week. You know what I mean? I want to do all the things, but I realized so many times that I, put myself in these situations and I put this pressure on myself to perform. And a lot of times, like I don't get it all done. Yeah. And it, you know, it almost like beats me up a little bit from a, from like a, a mental standpoint and I mm-hmm. get in my head about it. And so what I've got to keep coming back to is a, I don't have to have everything done today. Yeah. And B, what are my mission criticals mm-hmm. right now? And, and knowing that yeah. has really helped me to focus. So why don't we dive into what mission criticals are yeah. so the people that are listening or watching can figure out exactly what you mean by that. And then maybe from there, I don't know what flow we're going to take. Sure. But maybe from there <laughs> we can kind of talk about those those key categories that we had mentioned earlier that yeah. you had mentioned like, hey, this is how you can create that balance. Yeah. What do you, yeah, let's do that. So I said it a few times. I'd be curious exactly what you for mean. For sure. So – to give a little bit of a backstory, um, I come from a military family. Mm-hmm. My, my dad served in Vietnam and Desert Storm. My brother did tours in Afghanistan. He was, he was um, part of the 101st Airborne, has, has a really cool history in what he did. Mission critical comes from them. Okay. Because in the military, you always have a mission, mm-hmm. and there's always critical points to a mission. Yeah. And so it came from that. Like, if I could only do one or two things every day— that would absolutely move me forward no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like if nothing else gets done besides these one or two things, what are they? Yeah. And so for me, I don't do, I don't ever do more than two mission criticals a day and I'll always do one first thing in the morning. Okay. And so if I have 20 things, what are the two that matter the most? Yeah. And no matter what I have them done. So like if I was to show you my list of things to do today, Mm -hmm. I have a specific category called mission critical and I have two things in there. Yeah. So mission critical has helped me to get clear on what's most important, Mm -hmm. what do I need to do right now, and like what's going to move me forward the most. Okay. And it's simple. It's the two most important things. Yeah. And what's what to take that a little bit further, I'll always do one first thing in the morning because typically mission critical is the most challenging or it's going to take me the most time to do or I need to think clearly uh, the most. Mm -hmm. So first thing. Do you find that before you were like, hey, I'm going to start doing these first thing in the morning, that the later you push them off, the more likely they weren't going to get done? Or For you sure. get sucked into the things that you think you're being productive? You're like, For I'm sure. knocking stuff off my to-do list, but it's actually not moving me forward. Yeah. Like, well, so there's two things there. Yeah. There's the illusion of progress, uh-huh. which is which is just doing things just to be doing things, yeah. which is easy to get sucked yeah. into. Um, but then the other part is I know that 
throughout my day, I've only got so much bandwidth to make quality decisions, to to be able to think clearly. And at some point in my day, because I take on so much, my quality of decision-making and my quality of focus is going to decrease. Mm -hmm. And if I push off the most important things to later in the day, then it's going to be more challenging for me to complete that at a high level. Yeah. So why not just start early with the most important thing? Yeah. And I think that like, we've been taught that, but like how often are we actually doing it? You know? Yeah. I think that's thinking of myself, thinking of the fran- my franchisees or the, the gym owners and stuff that I work with. I think that's the big thing is people get really busy for sure throughout the day, throughout the week, the day goes by them and they feel like they're doing a lot of things yeah. and they're like, I'm not seeing the progress. I'm not where I need to be. But at the end of the day, it's because you're doing stuff that's actually not going to move you forward. Right. You know, so we're getting busy. We're creating that illusion. I like that. What you said, that illusion of progress, Right. you know, which then will allow us to be like, well, this doesn't work. Right. But in reality, it's like you're actually not doing the things that need to be done sure. to actually move you forward. And I think that's where a lot of the high achievers are able to discover. They're able to discover like, it's actually not if I'm working 12, 16 hour days, <laughs> you know, that's like, yeah. we give ourselves a pat on the back for being able to do that. Right, we think like, right, Oh, we're right. really badass over here for being able to work so much and ignore right. every other aspect of our life as a consequence and a result. Right. But it's like, were we actually being productive that entire time? That's it. So I think the big thing is being able to identify those actual areas that are going to move you and your business forward yeah. Yeah. whatever the key area you're working on. And then also just ignoring the rest. Yeah. You know, when you don't get stuck in those things that you need, think you need to do, how much life progresses, yep. which I think is really important. So yep. I think that's huge. Yeah, definitely, man. So thinking about like, all right, now that we know our mission criticals, how do you go about it? Like if you were to work with an entrepreneur yeah. who's like, you know, like me, when we connected, like, hey, I'm lost. Yeah. Like, I don't feel as if I, I truly know my, um, I'm achieving my purpose, you know, and stuff like that. Like, here's these things that I've done, but here's these things that I've kind of like sacrificed, you know, and. You know, as I grow as a person, as Mister, I want to focus on all these areas. Kind of like I walk us through, like when you were to work with an entrepreneur uh, or high achiever, however that is kind of defined. Then, kind of the areas that you're going to focus on and how to kind of create that balance. So, first off, I I don't have any specific framework, and and I think maybe even we talked about this, but like I don't have a specific framework for how I approach my clients. Yeah. I allow it to be dictated by where they're at right now. Yeah. And then we create that. But what I've found is most helpful is actually just getting clear on what's most important to you at this stage of your life. Mm-hmm. And typically it's three to four to five to six things. Okay. You know, most, most high performing people are doing three to six different things at a high level. And then let's, let's identify what those levels are or what those things are. Yeah. So for most people, it's their health mm-hmm. or their fitness, it's their family, it's their finances. You know what I mean? Like there's different, yeah. there's different things. And what we first need to do is we need to identify those big movers in your life. Yeah. And once we have them identified, then it's easy to then just go into creating subcategories for each. Yeah. You know? So like for example, um, let's just let's let's call it an example of uh, two of them. Yeah. So let's say it's fitness and finance. Yeah. Okay. And it's important for you to make sure that you're prioritizing fitness and finance. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Now that we have those two, what are the subcategories in each? Mm-hmm. So what does it mean for you to be on top of your fitness? Yeah. What do you need to be doing? Do you need to be running every day? Mm-hmm. Do we need to be stretching every day? Do we need to be training in the gym or at home? Mm-hmm. What's most important to you in those categories? Yeah. I think like before, I guess I'll actually just answer it. But 
one of the things that I've definitely learned from you is it's usually the one that challenges you the most. Sure. <laughs> it's, the, it's the ones that you don't want to do that you're getting uncomfortable right. and you've probably pushed off. So obviously, like when I think of fitness and I think most people listen, like, you know, because obviously I like working out. Yeah. So I was like, hey, I can lift. Yeah. I'll go to the gym. But I wasn't doing any cardio. Yeah. You know, it's like that was an area that probably needed work. Nutrition. I was good, not great. Like that needed some work. So if I was going to grade myself, hey, I'm going to improve my fitness score. It wasn't like, hey, can I can I train longer or anything like that in the gym? Yeah. Could it be all right? Well, I'm completely neglecting this this cardio aspect, but I'm also avoiding something that's uh, just a basic human need: <laughs> the <laughs> ability to run. Uh, yeah. Because it was hard and it was uncomfortable, and I sucked at it. Yeah. So, like for me, for sure, that was something that I needed to work on. Was was getting in the, you know, out here, getting in the mountains and running and building up that skill. Yeah. You know, and then also same thing with finances, like for anybody listening, it's what do you, what do you find uncomfortable? You know, what are you, what are you avoiding? Are you avoiding saving? Are you avoiding investing in both of those things and then breaking down how that should actually look? You know, that was actually one of the things that we talked about before we started, before we hit the record button was one, like in, in business, you know, one of the, the principles I really like is using the profit first model for mm-hmm. business owners. Yep. And I learned about this like when I was in EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. And it's really simple. Like the concept is to pay yourself first. Yes. Depending on wherever level of business you are. Because it's easy. Like I've totally done this for you. You make this money, you put it back in the business, all this stuff. But the business of potentially, you look at the statistics, is going to go away in one form or another. And maybe you create another business. Maybe you evolve as the business owner and you do something else. But most businesses aren't around after five years. Sure. So if you have that small window, it's like an athlete. If you have that small window of success, what do you need to do to make sure that you have success afterwards? You know, so for business owners, I think a lot of the times is they're not good with their finances because they don't know what they're doing and they don't want to. You know, it's either they don't want to know where they're going wrong or it just freaks them out. So using like those principles and profit first, you know, having accounts for your taxes, for but paying yourself first, no matter what, whether you're doing a draw, whether you're, you know, just taking the, the profits or whatever, making sure that that always happens. You have an account for that. You have an account for taxes. You have an account for payroll and all the other expenses in the business. So I think that's huge. But then also for the finance side of things, like, okay, now that you're getting that money, what are you doing with it? Yeah. What are you doing to think 15, 30, 45 years in the future? Yeah. You know, one of the things that we've talked a lot about is like leaving a legacy. Yeah. What are you doing to take care of your children's children? Yeah. You know, and what are you doing now to make that happen and that creating that delayed gratification? And again, it's most people, they wanted to pay a financial advisor to do that. Yep. If they actually do anything, yep. you know, and I'm actually against that, you know, so they either, they do that if they do it at all. So it's like, Hey, what are those areas? What are you ignoring now so that you can make sure you have long-term success? So looking at, so this long winded answer Yeah. for me, fitness and finance, it would be, Hey, those are those areas that I'm going to look into. Like for me in particular, was like, how do I challenge myself with my fitness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what I wasn't doing personally. And how do I challenge myself with my finances to get uncomfortable in that sense too? Because what I was doing, you know, leading up to it, wasn't where I wanted to be. Yeah. So for those that don't know, like I, I do a lot of like ultra marathon running in the mountains. <laughs> Typically, that like fifty to hundred mile distance, which is on the surface level is like really weird, but there's a lot of parallels between running a hundred miles and what you do, uh, outside of the gym or outside of the mountains, what you do in your fitness or, or excuse me, in your finances or with your family or whatever. There's so many cool parallels. And like one of them is, is just the simple idea of seeking discomfort. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of doing things that are uncomfortable that are going to cause me pain, that are going to cause me to feel like I'm not in control. 
but I know are going to give me a powerful reward in the end yeah. or down the road or sometime in the future, whatever it may yeah. be. And same thing with finances, man. Like when I first started getting like my financial house in order, it was like 2016. And I read a couple books that like really shifted a lot of things for me, but man, it was really challenging to be able to take a large amount of money that I would get from my business. And instead of going and doing what I wanted to do with it, actually socking it away in different accounts, like yeah. you were just saying, because I knew that where I wanted to be wasn't going to be the place if, if I just continue to do things that I had always done. Yeah. I needed to do the things that were uncomfortable Yeah, because ultimately like they set me up to be in the position I am now living out my dream, which was to be out in the mountains and yeah. to be able to, you know, wake up when I wanted to yeah. and do the things that were most important to me. Yeah. So you, you have to seek discomfort. Yeah. You have to get uncomfortable. So I want to like two things. I would love to share the story of the first time we ever ran. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was probably one of the most uncomfortable Ooh, yeah. uh, events I've ever done to this day. You know, yes. So, okay. I Okay, so here's what I love about this. So I love to coach on the run. Mm-hmm. Coaching on the run. Yeah. And it's something that I do with a lot of my clients. We either coach on the run or we walk and talk. Yeah. Walk and talk is typically like we'll get on a treadmill or we'll just, you know, we'll just walk and, and coach. Yeah. But coaching on the run is completely different. And what I love about it is the fact that A, you're in nature, B, you're getting that like runner's high from the endorphin release of just being out there. And three, it's like you get the inspiration from thinking bigger and being held accountable to the things that are most important. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I'm like, all right, cool. This is perfect. Let's coach on the run, Bob. Let's go on a run in the mountains. It's going to be great. We'll have a great conversation. That wasn't the case. (laughs) Not even close. (laughs) So we ended up going to Lion Mountain. Remember that? Yes, I remember. We went to Lion Mountain right outside of Whitefish, Montana. And uh, I was like, let's just do this you know, easy six-mile run. It'd be no problem. Not a lot of elevation. We'll be able to talk. We won't be too out of breath. And I remember getting like maybe a mile into it. And no no disrespect, but I, we got about a mile into it. And I was like, this might have been a bad choice. <laughs> this was a bad choice. Um, I knew it about a quarter mile in. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I just remember like you being a little out of breath and, uh, you know, like one word <laughs> answers. And, you know, I know from a coaching standpoint and from like a, a respiratory standpoint that when I'm getting one word answers – cardiovascularly, you're not in a good place <laughs> at <laughs> so, all. So, so we ended up actually going from like a light jog down to a walk. And, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was good, man. Like overall, like I thought you did fantastic, but it was tough. I know it was tough. It was hands down, probably one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do, believe it or not. So Which like part? Just the entire run. Oh, okay. so I, I was like, cause I think I remember, <laughs> I remember like, I, I hadn't run to like set the scene for everybody else. Like I probably hadn't run since rugby in college. Ooh, okay. So, okay. <laughs> and I graduated, I stopped playing in 2010. So, so over a decade ago was the last time that geez, I ran. Man, yeah. And I like to, you know, like, and prior to that, like, and I wasn't even good. My cardio during rugby wasn't even good. Yeah. I like eventually kind of got in the group, but I, I like, I got crushed during that too. Yeah. You know, and you know, I didn't, I, you know, I grew up playing sports and stuff, but I also smoked about two packs a day. 
Wow, I didn't know you smoked yeah. cigarettes. Oh, you didn't? No. Yeah, I no. never knew you smoked. I started smoking at 10 years old. Cool. So this is, for anybody who has a family, this is kind of important to like, all my family doesn't smoke anymore. Okay. But I grew up, like my dad smoked multiple packs of cigarettes a day. My mom smoked. Mm. So my sister smoked, my brother smoked, and I smoked. And he used to get cartons at a time. So he would go, we lived in Jersey, he would go over to Pennsylvania because they were cheaper. He would buy like three, four, five cartons at a time. Okay. And then we would just steal packs of cigarettes because it was available to us. So sure, sure. I share that just because, you know, a lot of what we're going to be covering today, if you do have a family, and I know that was like big thing for me, it was, hey, I want to have a family one day when we started coaching. Yeah, yeah. But it's not always what you say, it's what you do. And what they, it's those actions you take are what your kids are going to see or your employees are going to see. So anyway, I smoked for a while and I think that I never quite cleared out my lungs. It's an excuse I'm going to give myself. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it had been over a decade. So obviously I lifted and and I ate pretty well. Almost 220-ish pounds at the time. Hadn't (laughs) run in over a decade. Yeah. And didn't do any cardio. Yeah. Uh, The last time I think I did a little bit of cardio might have been like five-minute hit sessions as I like did a photo shoot a couple years ago. Oh. So dude, I was smoked. So I remember starting the run and I remember even going into it. I don't think you told me it was six miles. Yeah. I think it was, I knew it was going to be some mileage and I was like, Hey, this is going to be hard, but I need to do hard things anyway. Yep. And it's going to be really good. And this is what I want to do. I want to be able to do this. I know that there's a reason I've been avoiding it. And it's like, I shouldn't be dead, yeah. like running. And I died, like in the first mile. <laughs> I legit died. And then somehow, hours, I felt like later, <laughs> we made it back. And it was just, it was, it was super miserable. But it was also the start of something that was really beautiful for me. What was that? Well, I realized like how much, how bad I was at it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for somebody who was, you know, into fitness, mm-hmm. first off, even if I hadn't been running, it shouldn't have been that difficult. Yeah, yeah. So clearly I was neglecting something that's super important. And, you know, how am I going to be able to keep up with like my kids if I can't even run a quarter mile mile in the mountains without dying? That's it. You know, and how am I going to be able to be as productive as I can be if my heart's not working as well as it should be? Yep. You know, so those were kind of those, it was a, almost like an aha moment. Like, yeah, you did not enjoy this. Like there's not one moment of that run that I enjoyed. Yeah. You did actually teach me a ton of great stuff that I still like. I think about every time I'm running because you're like, I think he might have a heart attack. So let me teach you how to breathe while doing this. So I still like now I use that. Yeah. Um, and I remember I did send you a video like months later. Yeah. Because you had another terrible run that just, it beat me. I, I got defeated. Uh, Avalanche Lake. Uh, Avalanche Lake. Okay. Yeah. So like that defeated me because I quit actually on that. And that was one of those, that was a catalyst where I looked back. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't like quitting things. Mm-hmm. And like, it just beat me up and shouldn't have been as difficult as it was. And like mentally, I, you know, I was just like, and we finished it, yeah. but it wasn't good. And, uh, but so I think, you know, for me, then it, it kind of like shifted. And, and as I start, it was interesting because as I started running, as I started leaning into this challenge of something that I wasn't good at, I started like everything else started getting better. Of course. Like my productivity started getting better. My happiness started getting better. My clarity started getting better. Oh, and of course my lungs got better. So that was pretty mm-hmm. good. So then I was able to like get better there. So yeah, I, I don't know. I just wanted to share that because I thought it was hilarious because uh, I know for you're like, yeah, this probably is going to be that bad. And I remember like telling my girlfriend that she's like, what? She's like, I think Dan just wanted to break you off. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he did. And he succeeded. <laughs> Destroyed me. So that, that, uh, 
being completely honest, was not my original intention. <laughs> my original intention was like, and sometimes like I, I feel like I'm still a little bit naive to this um, because running isn't hard for me until it starts to get hard. So, so yeah. I guess like on the surface, like, oh, let's just go run six miles. Yeah. It's no big deal. Yeah. That wasn't my original intention. Yeah. Um, my original intention was like, let me show Bob something that he hasn't done in a long time. Let me show Bob Montana, like yeah. real Montana. Yeah. And let's go have an inspiring conversation around it all. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Did that. And I think for if, if for people that aren't familiar with you, they will you know hear that you run these like ultra marathons in the mountains and they'll go and like see your IG and all that stuff and they'll, yeah. they'll see that wow, this dude like crushes it, but you also weren't always that way. Sure. You know, so you started like, because you're overweight, not in a good place and you could barely run. So I share that because I, that's like, that's where I was too, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you've done it personally for yourself and hundreds and if not thousands of other people too, to get past that. So it's one of those things that you have to go through it, but you know, it may seem easy for you now, but it wasn't always. No doubt. You know, and whereas like you're, and that's a cool thing I think also happens in business. No doubt. Sometimes, for business owners, the business actually becomes the easy part of their life. It's like, well, I know I can do this. I can generate more money. I can, you know, increase revenue, increase profits. All I got to do is just this. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, where's their faith life at? Sure. How are they showing up in their relationships? Sure. You know, are they a good partner? Like, those are the things that are hard. Yep. And they just don't do them. Yep. You know, or they, they get away from because. Just, I think, in human nature, we want to shy away from things that challenge us or are hard, yep. you know, especially if we have the skill set in something else, because that's, you know, I think, you know, for me, like when I started with you, my identity was built in business mm-hmm. and money. Like that was where I put my identity around. And then it wasn't until like I shared it on the previous podcast, like, you know, hey, business had obviously shifted for me yeah. and I had known, I was like, I need, I can't have this be what I'm all about. The only thing about me, yeah, you know, and that's where I think, I, I think that's kind of a good, like going into what is, so how, you know, looking at these categories and stuff like that. Um, I, I believe there's eight that, uh, you know, are kind of key categories typically, that you, yeah. you typically like put in, you know, kind of like walk us through maybe some of those, Yeah, you know? So I'll, I'll, I'll give you a few of them. Here's like one of the, the funnest ones for me. It's play and adventure. Okay. Okay. And adventure has to be on your list of things that you're doing because it's that thing that like keeps that like childhood presence, that childlike presence uh, in you and alive. And I think that when you start to just focus on the business stuff or you get like too wrapped up in that, you lose it. Mm -hmm. And I think that it has to be at, at the heart of what you're doing. And I think that adventure is one of those things that allows you to get really present with nature and Nowadays, we're getting further and further from that presence and yeah. further and further from nature. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the surface level here, how can you inject more adventure into your day or into your life? Mm-hmm. If you go a little bit deeper when it comes to adventure, it's like, what are you doing to, to really connect with it? Yeah. What are you doing to connect with nature on a regular basis? Because in nature, it allows you to reconnect to things that are ultimately most important. Mm-hmm. The sky, the air, the trees, the earth, mm-hmm. all of those things, those bring you back to where we all started. Yeah. And it's the one thing that I think we're getting further and further away from. Mm-hmm. So finding time to get into nature, to explore, to run, mm-hmm. to swim, to jump, 
you know, a, a perfect quick example is uh, a couple of days ago, I was out on this mountain run and I was like really pushing to get these stupid 10 minute miles consistently, you know, yeah. and I was like doing really good and I was running well and I was coming up on this cliff and uh, it was just like this beautiful rock cliff. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I could get to the top of that thing. Ah, but you know what? I got to stay on. Yeah. I got to stay on track here. I got to get my 10 minute miles. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Who says I have to get 10 minute miles today? Yeah. Who says I need to stay on track with this pace? Let me go see what's going on over yeah. here. So I went and I, I figured out a way to climb up this, you know, this big, this big rock mm-hmm. face and ended up having like this really amazing view of Tally Lake, which is that the second sweet. deepest lake in Montana yeah. that I wouldn't have got if I was just so focused on yeah. what my stupid watch and my pace was. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like finding little ways to to adventure to like get back to that childlike curiosity yeah. that just brings you more fulfillment. And had I not done that, man, I wouldn't I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have had that experience. Yeah. And I'm really grateful that I took time to break away from like my monotonous run yeah. to go and climb that rock. You know, as you were sharing that, I did think about when we were running Avalanche, and then yeah. you had me climb that rock. Oh like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, I can't do this. You're like, you can do it. And then I, I climbed. It was awesome. And because same thing, I was. And I think as entrepreneurs, we're like, we have this task. We have to complete this task. And we have yeah. to like just we get. I think it's actually one of like our superpowers is we can really narrow down Absolutely. and do that. Absolutely. So you know, I was like, but that actually did make that run more enjoyable. We were able to take it. I, I take that when I do go out. I'm like. Just enjoy it. Just yeah. enjoy the moment. I think there's two things from that too is, one, we can do that a little bit in business. Yeah. You know, we can we should make sure that we're having fun when we're doing it and yep. your team is having fun. But I think more importantly because, yeah, we can relate it back to business, but it's just stop with business. Like, yeah. Get out and adventure and, and play out of business. Out of business. And like that's the key. Yep. So I think that's huge. Yeah, man. You got to do it. You have to do it. And and what I would encourage you as a listener or the viewer right now is to find ways to get out in nature and adventure. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do like, you know, you don't got to do like some Bear Gryllis type stuff. You just got to go out and do something yeah. different. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't have access to mountains or rocks or lakes like we do in Montana, but I guarantee you have a park. Yeah. I guarantee you can go get around some trees mm-hmm. downtown. I guarantee you can get off the concrete and onto some grass. Yeah. You know, nature is wherever you are at. Yeah. And, and I know that you can seek it out. It's always there. I mean, I was I was even down in, in LA, like inner city LA just a couple of weeks ago. I still found nature out yeah. there. It's there. You just gotta be able to 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 know where it's at. Yeah. So I, find it. I agree. I because before moving to Montana, I was out in the East Coast. I lived in Jersey, Delaware, mm-hmm. you know, Philly. You know, I live in the city, yeah. but in all those areas. And that was actually probably something I started with attracted me out here Yeah, was, yeah, I started actually just going on the hikes and finding it. Maybe it's a 30 minute drive. Maybe it's a 40 minute, five minute drive, but it's something you need for yourself. Seek it you out. need that. You need to seek that out. Yeah. yeah. And get there. And it doesn't matter where you are. It's yeah. all around us, especially in the U S or wherever you live. 100%. So once you get a venture in play, once you're kind of like looking at the other, what's another big area. So another fun one for me, cause I like fun first is hobbies and interests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me ask you this right now. <laughs> I'm gonna put you on the spot on your yeah, own show. Yeah. What What are your hobbies? And don't say business. <laughs> what do you do for you outside of business? So it was interesting because I think when you asked me that question originally, I was like, I don't have anything. Most high performing people don't. Yeah. You know. So, however, now, um, so it's hunting. I'm getting it. I've never hunted before. Yeah. But my interests and hobbies now are. I would love to hunt. Yeah. So I'm actually going on my first ever hunt. Yeah. 
in a couple weeks. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to the buddy of mine and we're using bows. Yep. So one of my hobbies is, and, and I actually started this a while ago and then I, and I got away from it. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, shooting my bow. Awesome. And it's getting better at that. So it's something that I try and do every single day. Uh, I do love reading. Awesome. So I read actually a ton. So I, re- I start my day every day reading and I end my day reading yep. every day. And usually, and this is probably my ADD, I'm usually reading a couple different books, but in a couple different areas, whether it be spirituality, business, and then something just for like fiction and fun. Awesome. So I have that and that's usually how I end it. And then although I'm not able to do it as much right now, uh, just because, so I'll actually kind of say like it's, it's, it's getting out in nature, it's hiking. I was going to say yeah, running because yeah. I did start falling in love with running. Of course. And, uh, you know, so we are talking about like, Hey, that kind of that new plan that I wanted that I can do just because I'm dealing with back injury and stuff of that nature. So it's running, but getting out in nature and hiking. So like this weekend, another girlfriend and I went out both Saturday and Sunday actually, uh, to get out to lie out actually both days, just getting out in nature and hiking. So those are, I think would say probably right now. Like kind of those three key areas for me. It's not Perfect. like a ton of different things, but it's, it's those things that I do enjoy and look forward to. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Now, for those listening and watching, what are your hobbies? Mm-hmm. If you can't think of at least one right off the top of your head, you need to get a hobby. Okay. <laughs> now, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Like, look, I, I think that there's something really romantic about being solely focused on on one thing, like that thing that you're absolutely great at. If it's tennis for Venus or Serena, if it's, uh, you know, fighting for, for guys like John Jones or whatever MMA fighters out there and dedicating your whole life to that. I think that's amazing. But I also think that there's a lot of value in just being able to, to do something a little bit different that fills your cup in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so I would, I would just encourage you to find whatever that is. Now that's a hobby. Let's talk about interests because hobbies and interests are completely different. Yeah. I think that interests are something that high-performing people need. And here's the contrast. A lot of times high-performing people are incredibly, insanely good at one thing. It's their business. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's several things, whatever. But but let's just say for business sake, it's growing their business. Okay. They make a lot of money. They have a lot of impact. That's a high-performing output. Mm-hmm. Okay, They put a lot of focus and time into that thing. Yeah. Well, an interest is something that I typically would look at as like a low performing interest, mm-hmm. something that you don't need to like really just completely insanely focus on, but still fills your cup. So yeah. here's an example. I love building my business. That's my high performing. I also love raking leaves in the forest. <laughs> I love raking pine cones in the forest. Yeah. I love going out and just running my chainsaw for 30 yeah. minutes to an hour. I love doing these low effort outputs mm-hmm. that fill my cup in a different way. And you need to have that, that balance between high performing outputs and low performing yeah. outputs and interests. Things that interest you are good for that. Mm-hmm. I love to sweep. Sweeping doesn't take me a lot of energy or focus, yeah. but I can just kind of like go on autopilot and get like lost in it. And just get lost yeah. in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. As soon as pine cones start falling on my deck, best believe I'm out there. I'm getting them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so like, think about that right yeah. now. Like what are some of those, those low performing outputs or efforts that you can inject into your day to day life that fill your cup in a different way? It gives you that contrast. Yeah. 
No, that makes sense because it almost recharges you. For sure. It allows you to almost like shut down. For sure. That hyperactive brain a bit. For sure. We're constantly looking at creating this outcome, outcome, outcome. Yeah. And just enjoying the moment. That's it. I think a lot of people get lost in. Presence. Like they just don't have that. And then I think yeah, presence is huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah, man. Yeah. And and it can be a variety of things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I live on a ranch out in Montana. And so, like, just doing a little minuscule things, going out and, you know, burning my flash piles, for example, is a, yeah. is a low effort output that yeah. I can do that just – it's just really good for my mental sanity. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. You have to have that thing where you can just, it's, you know, using that, it's almost, it's burning off for sure. that unused energy. Yeah, so for sure. Speak. For sure. All right. What's next? So, um, this one's been beaten to, to the core, but I think that finances got to be yeah. looked at, you know, a, a few minutes ago we made the, uh, the comparison between, not looking at some of the small things in your day-to-day that is sabotaging your health. Mm-mm. Well, I think that we do a lot of that in our finances as well. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of small open loops that if we close up in our finances could make a big difference in our, our income and, and ultimately like how much we have to save or contribute to bigger things down the road. Yeah, I look at it like this. When I was making a bunch of money back in like 2016, 2017, I knew that I had a bunch of these little open loops that Mm -hmm. I was neglecting of closing because I didn't want to take accountability that I was, I was wasting money in these stupid little categories. And it wasn't until like, I really was like, okay, I need to get a hold of this behavior. I need to get a hold of this habit because I know it's sabotaging me. Mm -hmm. I know it's causing me stress that I was actually, uh, you know, able to like really put that money that I was wasting mm-hmm. to things that really mattered to me. Yeah. And I know that all high performing people have this. Mm-hmm. And the thought is, is like, well, I make enough money. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Okay, cool. But like, what if you could, what if you could add some accountability mm-hmm. and focus around this thing Yeah. and be better off for it? You know, let's just say, I don't know. I'm, I don't drink coffee, but I don't, I don't have an issue with it. But like, let's say it's, you drink too much coffee and I don't know what's, what's coffee nowadays, like five bucks a coffee. I, I mean, know. if you're buying it, I like from Starbucks or sure, something like that sure. or out here, like Montana. Yeah. It's just like going to be spent like three to five bucks. Okay. Cool. Coffee you get. This is such a, like an yeah. overused example, yeah. but let's say you drink two coffees a day. Well, what if you could just drink one and take that other five bucks and, you know, put it into a, a foundation like yeah. you're doing. Mm-hmm. Or you set up a, um, like a springing trust for your kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Five bucks a day adds up over time. And mm-hmm. I think that closing a, a silly little loop yeah. like that ultimately is going to put you in a better place down the road or your loved ones yeah. in a better place down the road. Yeah. So, so I think that like looking at some of those small open loops mm-hmm. in your finances could be a big deal. I think that's huge because that was just like you where you were like, hey, this doesn't agree with me. It's not congruent with what I want to do in the long sure. term. And like, but I'm ignoring it. I, I was at that point too. Oh, and I remember okay. being at an event. It was actually uh, Ed Milet was speaking. Okay. And I was at like the original like RTI and he's like talking about these stages in your business. And I'm like, oh, but like you think you've made it, yeah, yeah. but you haven't made it, but you've had a lot of success and right. stuff like that. Right, right. You know, and I remember that hit home to me because I was like, you know, business is doing great. You know, every single month making more and more and more, but like I'm definitely wasting money. I'm wasting sure. money in the business. I'm wasting money personally. Sure. And, you know, but I didn't want to like dive in. Because I didn't want to have that like a reflection of that accountability almost on myself. That discomfort. That discomfort. I didn't want to get there. So I had it. It was years ago, and I was like, and then eventually I had to like 
you had to confront it. You have to confront your demons, for so to speak. And as you were talking, I thought about two things. I thought about an extreme example where, like, it's been a little over two years for me where I stopped drinking. Hmm. You know, and I stopped drinking two years ago. And originally, it just started where I was like, "Man, yeah, I'm going to take 30 days off." I was at a, my best friend's wedding, you know, and you know we had a great night. We partied and stuff like that. Um, but I re- when I woke up the next morning and I was too hungover to hike, you know, because I was out in the Pocono Mountains. Mm-hmm. I was too hungover to hike. I think my girlfriend and I at the time, you know, got in a little argument, whatever. So like, there was some tension in the morning, and I was like, "This sucks." And it was all because of drinking. But then I was extrapolated more, you know, between the, the drinking and partying that I was doing, I was also wasting a ton of money. So much money. And I don't yes. – I think it would really make people uncomfortable to know how much money I wasted because <laughs> I did the math over two years. Uh-oh. But I was partying every single weekend. Okay. And, you know, we were – we're going hard. Yeah, yeah. And then there was also the times where, like, I spent 15K in a night. And I would spend 10K in a night. And I had, like, a couple of those in a year. Holy you know, so over a couple of years. So I added it up and I was like, wow, the amount of money that I have spent. I was like, so me just – honestly, I think that point of me, it was started because I wanted to – it actually was interesting because – the finances part came a little bit later, like reflecting on it. Yeah. But it was like, hey, I missed out on this this opportunity where I was, you know, sort of getting the nature, and I, and I loved it. I wasn't able to do that because I was so hungover, and I didn't like that feeling. I was like, I'm going to take 30 days off. Yeah. And then that 30 days off just I was, just kept going and kept going, mm-hmm. and everything else in my life started improving. And then I looked at it like financially, and I was like, I am not wasting a ton of money like I was. <laughs> like every week and every month, the amount of money that I was wasting, and then I did the math over the last two years, I think, that oh I spent. I was gosh. like, wow, like there's multiple six figures that were Whoa. spent, you know, on this. And I was like, all right, cool. Like done. Done with that. Yeah. You know, so I think that's that's the next sign of almost an extreme end of things. Yeah. But then even recently, like it is the coffee's a great example. Like in every probably finance book you'll read, they kind of talk about that. Sure, whether sure. it's like, you know, Starbucks or it's like, you know, you're spending three to five dollars a day, like those things, if you do that every single day, yeah. and you put it in something it compounds, like that adds up. So what you're it's also like the opportunity cost from that. Yeah. You know, so I do actually drink a lot of coffee. This is my third cup today. Mm-hmm. But you know, I do it at home now. Yeah. You know, I you know, I will I will go out and get coffee, but it's very rarely you know, I'm also not one of those people who thinks that like you have to like limit. Like I'm also like have an abundance mindset. Like if you like getting coffee, just make sure you're making more money. Too. Sure. But uh, you know, so like now, but I enjoy doing it at home because yep. if I was to go out and get three coffees, like I would already be fifteen bucks in yeah, man. and you know, it's like the morning yeah. still. <laughs> you know, and it's like regardless yeah. if you can afford it, it's also wasteful. Sure. You know, so and it's, and it's ignoring getting that house in order, but it's also those small things, those disciplines that carry over another aspect of your life. If you're going to be smarter, you know, hey, not partying that weekend or not, you know, spending as much when you're going out and drinking or limiting your drinking or whatever, or limiting how much, how many coffees you buy out a week or something like that, then it's going to carry over to like, what other areas am I being wasteful on? For what sure. other areas am I ignoring, especially when it comes down to my finances? For sure. That is, you know, going to screw yourself up in the long term. You know, you're going to stuck working until you're dead. You know, and it's not because you actually enjoy working. It's because you have, you have to. to. And that's a big difference. Yeah. You know, I think the goal of everybody is to get to the point where, like, you don't have to do anything. You get to do something. Yeah. And that's, like, especially financially where I, I would love everybody to be. Absolutely. So you asking those simple questions mm-hmm. uh, is, if we look at this as, like, a higher level game here, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, uh, operating at a high level, whatever discipline you're in, it's an awareness game. Yeah. 
I like that. Everything is an awareness game when it comes to this because if, if you can ask those challenging questions and then you can hold yourself accountable to your answer one way or another, you're winning. You can, you can really win the game here. Mm-hmm. But it's awareness. It's awareness around the sabotaging habits, yeah. the sabotaging behaviors, the sabotaging beliefs. Mm-hmm. And when you can hold yourself accountable to those, then, I mean, you can really do some good in the world. Yeah. I think that's so far my biggest takeaway from this today is legit that. And I think that is what separates those that continuously achieve success from those who don't or never even get there. No doubt. It's holding themselves accountable. We're all guilty of having bad habits, doing dumb things, whatever. And that's totally cool. Like that's part of life. Yep. But it's continually doing that, especially when you're aware of it. Yep. We're not trying to find out how can I improve. Yep. I think that's kind of like a testament a little bit to the society today yep. a bit. You know, is it's a, I don't want to take accountability for my actions. I just want things given to me. Mm, sure. And I want to do less and less and less, <laughs> but I want you to give me more and more. And more. Right. You can get anything that you want. It starts with holding yourself accountable. Yeah. And making those small actions turn into large actions and doing it consistently over time. And the things that people aren't going to see. Yeah. If I showed you my list right now, at the very top in all bold and caps, mm-hmm. it says no reels. Yeah. Because as of about two weeks ago, I got sucked into watching reels on social media. Yeah. And I realized that I'm wasting so much time watching reels. Yeah. And so my accountability for myself today is I have a problem with reels right now. And today I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch any reels. But it's holding yourself accountable to silly little yeah. things that are causing you peace of mind, causing you to use time efficiently that people will never see. Yeah. That ultimately is what makes you a champion. And I think that, like, for me, with an athletic background, um, I want to win. Yeah. I want to win. And I'm only going to win if I can get a hold of the things that are holding me back. Yeah. I think there's... For most people, and I know for me, like two of those areas, it's so what people don't see, you know, actually, I, especially on TikTok, it's so easy to go down the rabbit of hole. Course. It's an amazing way they structured it. That's like of the course. whole plan. But it's as simple as two is like, are you hitting snooze? Mm-hmm. You know, so like that's one thing. Like not only are you starting your day on a loss, yep. you're teaching yourself it's okay to not fall through with your commitments. Yeah. You know, and you're having it, whether you hit a snooze once, twice, three times. Like obviously I used to hit snooze a ton. Yeah. Now I say the alarm goes off, I'm up. Yep. You know, even if I go to bed late or whatever, I got caught up something. If I say, "Hey, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. because that's what I time I wake up now," yep. like, that's when I'm waking up, regardless or not. Like I made that commitment, so I'm doing. I'm not going to hit snooze, and then I'm going to start my day with you know my my you know coffee. Or I, actually, first thing I do is always I take the dogs out. Yeah, you know, and we get in nature and I let them go out and I just stare up at I the dark mountain yeah, man. sky. Like and that's what I do. Like that's how I start. That's so good. But then you know, also the other thing is Netflix. You know, because when you were talking about you're getting sucked into reels, like. I used to get really sucked into like Netflix because I love movies mm-hmm. and TV. And like that's kind of how I veg, especially when I first started my business. Yeah. That was actually my reward because I was working so much getting started that I was at my gym all the time. And I'm actually relatively introverted. So when my week was done, I worked Sunday through Saturday morning. That Saturday was a movie day. Mm-hmm. So I allowed myself, but I didn't watch TV at all throughout the week at that point or you know, TV or movies or whatever. But then I would just veg out and recharge on Saturdays. But then as you know, things have become a lot more accessible and a lot easier to do, you know, and then it's like Netflix, it's like it's easy. And I think this, you know, I use those as two examples because I think a lot of people can relate to it. It's like easy just to watch Netflix and then keep going. You can For watch sure. another episode and another episode and another episode. And one out here where we're recording from, 
I can't really do that because my internet isn't good enough. Right? <laughs> stream. So that's yeah. been good enough. But now also I'm like, well, what is, how is this serving me? Yeah, yeah. You know, how is this, you know, I could sit down and I can, you know, take a look at the things I need to do. I can, you know, if I'm stuck watching Netflix, how am I going to get out in nature? Yeah. You know, how am I going to do these other things? Because it's like one thing turns into another, turns into another, I'm not going to be able to read. So I think those are two areas that like, at least for me, like I stopped hitting snooze. Good. And then I stopped watching Netflix. But I think those are the two things. It's, you can easily get sidetracked in those things. No doubt. And, and I also think a big thing is like when you, you actually stick to those, it's telling yourself you're sticking to your commitments and you're getting success. And when you you stick to your commitments, it does something to you. You probably know what it does. I don't. Um, but it's, it's, or, you know, it is, it's, it's being honest with yourself. Yeah. Uh, and I think those are huge. Yeah. I think it's rewiring beliefs. Yeah. Um, and, and that's another thing is like, it rewires the belief that I am somebody that holds myself to higher standards. Yeah. And that is like one of those beliefs that takes the most repetition mm-hmm. in order to change. Yeah. You know, you, you have like these, these high level beliefs and these like mid level beliefs and low level beliefs. And each one of those takes a, a, a separate amount of time to rewire. Mm-hmm. And one of the hardest ones to rewire are always beliefs. They're the ones that are ingrained in us at the, the deepest levels. Yeah. And they take the most practice and mm-hmm. time to, to change. Yeah. But ultimately, those are the ones that will move the needle most for us over mm-hmm. the long term. So. I think that it's definitely something that, that we need to look at is our awareness around our habits, behaviors, and beliefs. Yeah, that's huge. That's big. And if, I think if I can give like one more of these these areas that, that we need to put focus into, um, it's going to come at no surprise, but it's our health and fitness. Mm-hmm. But specifically, let's talk fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the foods that we eat are important. That's That's a no-brainer. But fitness, you have to be fit. You have to, you have to be able to train. You have to be able to lift and push and pull and run and swim. You know, not just because they make you better, but these are all things that humans are supposed to do. Yeah. I think what's what's kind of funny from a from a higher level viewpoint is like like for example, like I'll run a marathon mm-hmm. and I'll get a bunch of applause and all of this. And in my head I'm like, okay, that's cool. I appreciate these people for yeah. for acknowledging me. But at the same time, I'm supposed to be able to run a marathon. Yeah. I'm supposed to be able to go out and hike a mountain. I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be able to swim across a lake. These are all things that we were supposed to do as humans, but we've got away from them over time. Yeah. They make us more well-rounded. They allow us to solve problems at a higher level. They allow us to adapt to extreme circumstances and to be able to deal with stress. Mm-hmm. And if we're not doing these things, mm-hmm. we're missing out on a big part of what the human experience is all about. Yeah. And it's actually causing us more stress and frustration and pain mm-hmm. if we're not fit. Yeah. And you don't need to be an elite athlete uh, to be fit. Like, that's not really what I'm talking about here. But what I am saying is you damn sure better be able to run. Okay? You better be able to to push and pull and lift some weights. It makes everything easier. And there are so many parallels between training and being in business. Mm -hmm. And I tell all of my high-performing and entrepreneurial clients this. Whether or not you want to admit it, you're an athlete. Yeah. And one of the ways that you can start rewiring that belief mm-hmm. is that when you go to the gym or you go to the mountains or wherever it is that you go to, to exercise, you're not working out. You're training. And you have to change that belief that 
working out and training are two completely separate things. Now, working out to me, I see working out as like, you know, and, 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 uh, no disrespect to this person, but let's just say it's the person who randomly will go into the gym. And you see these people all the time. I know you do. They kind of like look around. They like aimlessly move from machine to machine. They don't really know what the hell they're doing. You've probably seen them in the gym for two years or more now, and they look the same, right? We all have seen these people. These people are just working out. They're just going in there to check a box, which no, is fine. But when you shift from that way of thinking to, no, I go, I'm going in to train, mm-hmm. There's specificity. There's desirable outcomes. There's a a clear-cut direction that you're moving towards. And you're doing these things so that it affects every other area of your life in a positive way. Yeah, You're creating and and generating energy in the gym or in the mountains so that when it comes time to give that big keynote speech or to be able to get on and and on stage and and sell your product or service, you're able to do it. Mm-hmm. At a really freaking high yeah. level, but if you don't see it as training, and if you don't start seeing yourself as an athlete, as a high performing person, you're, you're missing out on something really big here. Well, I think that carries over in a few areas where it's just like everybody has the capability to be a high performer. One hundred percent, every single person. And there's okay, depending on where you are in that season, do that. So if somebody goes to the gym and they don't know what they're doing, and it's like their first time and they're just getting started, like that's okay. No doubt. You're getting started and you know no that. Doubt. But the difference is, is when that's all you do and you don't look to improve and you don't look to change. Right. You know, that's the difference you said, being present and showing up. Like, it's not okay. There's no reward just for like, well, I'm going. Like, shouldn't that count? It's like, no, if you're there for an hour and you literally do a minute of work, like, that's not good. You didn't push yourself. You didn't strive to improve. You don't have actually any specific goals or any of that stuff. So I think that that's really kind of that difference is like, if you're just getting started, cool. Yep. Like, great job on show, you know, getting there. Yep. But there becomes a point where, like, now you're just not even looking to accomplish anything. Yep. And you're I think that happens. You're just checking a box. And then it happens in, in every aspect of life. And then, again, if you're doing that, that's how you do one thing. It's how you do everything. Yep. So if you're not even trying to improve there, then you're not going to be trying to improve anywhere in life. So I think that was that was huge. Yeah, man. So I, I, you've shared a ton that hopefully the people that are listening or watching can be like, Oh, maybe those are some of the areas that I haven't actually focused on and I can improve on. And then one thing I kept thinking about is as you're sharing this, and I think we kind of like alluded to it, but we jumped over it And you. We generally, if you're a business person, like you have hopefully a vision for your business. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't have a vision for their life Yeah, and they're missing that aspect. So a lot of these things like areas we might not, have, you may be like, Oh, I've never even thought of that before. But I think even to like, to, you know, hey, you have all these things that you can take action in. And yeah. There's tons more. But it's like, first off, I think the first thing is like, what's your life? What do you actually want your life to look like? What is the vision for you now and in yeah. the future? And that's something that we worked on a lot. For sure. Like, that was the first stuff that we worked on. Yep. You know, and that was all that homework that I had. So do you want to touch on a little bit of that before we start wrapping this up? Okay, so <clears throat> one of the very first things that, that I typically do is I ask my clients, where do you want to go from here? Mm-hmm. What's important to you now? Something you ask me pretty regularly is like, what are your goals for the week? Mm-hmm. Most people aren't, aren't too sure about what that is, which is fine. Here's how we get clear on it. There's really like two big things. And, and I've kind of like called this uh, your power plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, Your power plan, number one, is what's the vision for your A, health, or your life? Whichever, yeah. whichever you want to focus on first. Mm-hmm. It's totally cool. 
but the vision for your health or for your life is very specific. It's not, I want to, I want to achieve this, this, and this. It's the result of achieving that mm-hmm. stuff. So for example, the vision for my life is I want to be able to have freedom to wake up in the morning, to get into my hot tub, <laughs> be able to plan my day, and then go and hang out with my friend Bob and record a podcast yeah. and not have to answer to anybody if I don't want to because ultimately I really cherish friendships. I really cherish my time and my freedom. Yeah. That's the vision for your life. Yeah. And I think that getting clear on like what you want to be able to do with your days and who you want to be able to spend time with and what you want to do is most important here. So I think that at the surface level, you got to get clear on the vision for your life or your health. Okay. Yeah. But what I want to go into more detail on is the second part of the power plan, mm-hmm. which is your principles or your standards yeah. or your ethos, whatever mm-hmm. the, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. In the military, they call it their ethos. Mm-hmm. This is important because as you start to rewire your thinking and as you start to maybe go down a different path, to start holding yourself to higher standards, you got to know what those those standards are, those yeah. principles are. You know, I kind of relate it to like um, bumper bowling. Okay, mm-hmm. if I'm bumper bowling, I got I got parameters on either side okay. that are going to course correct me if things get off. Yeah. Right? Our principles or our ethos are those bumpers. If you don't know what it is you stand for. Mm-hmm. And you start getting off on course, how are you going to know when to come back yeah. on track? That's what those, those ethos or those principles do. So, for example, these could be five things. These could be ten things. But, like, what are the things that you stand for now? Yeah. What are the things that are going to allow you to get to the place that you want to be right now? Well, for me, like, one of them is that I choose to lead from the front. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a principle. That's part of my ethos. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not going to ask a client to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you to go bench press if I don't bench press, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you got to be able to lead from the front. Yeah. And a lot of times leading from the front means just doing things without telling people. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, not everything you do has to be yeah. on social media. <laughs> um, I think that it's really important. Yeah. So getting clear on your principles or your power plan is, is really, really important. And these things can change over time. You know, I, I feel like over the past four or five years, my principles and my ethos has changed probably three, three good times. Wow. And that's okay because yeah. as you go down the path, things kind of change a little bit. It looks yeah. a little bit different. And it's important to be able to be flexible with that. Yeah. So it's really important to create those two things, the vision for your life mm-hmm. or your health, and then identifying mm-hmm. what your principles or your ethos is. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, man. So that's huge. So like get your vision. Yeah. Get your ethos. Then from there, once you actually know, hey, what is this life supposed to look like yeah. for me? Then I can actually start looking about, hey, where are these areas I need to work on? Yep. And then what are my mission criticals? Yep. And if you do those, then you're going to get to where you want to be. That's it. Man. And it's just consistently showing up. That's Dude, it. I love that. Yeah, man. You shared a ton of gold today. Thank I you. really appreciate you being here. Friendships are really important for me. For you being here, it's, it's really awesome. And I, and I gained a ton from it. Yeah. So I think we did already, we already kind of like summed up today for everybody. So if somebody wants to kind of like find out more about you, if they're like, Hey, 
shit, I'm actually not doing this stuff, <laughs> or I just really love what he had to share, yeah. where can they find you at? So I'm, I'm most active on Instagram. Okay. Um, that's the place that I really have been hanging out most mm-hmm. lately. Send me a message. You know, if there was something that really hit for you in this, in this episode, um, let me know what it was. You know, I respond to every message in there. I'm not one of those guys that just like lets stuff sit in the <laughs> message request yeah. folder, but yeah. Send me, tag me, whatever. I'd love to have a little conversation okay. with you on, on what was most helpful. What's your handle? Handle is at Rasta Runner with an underscore. Uh, yeah, Rasta Runner yeah. with the underscore. We'll have that in the show notes. Too. For sure, for sure. So before we wrap this up, is there anything else you'd love to share? You know, I just want to acknowledge you, man. <laughs> I think that, you know, since we've started, mm-hmm. um, a lot has changed for the better. Yeah. You know, oh, I think yeah. that when, when you and I first started talking, um, you were in a place where you were doing really well, mm-hmm. but there were some things that you really wanted to work on. And yeah. where we're at today is just such a huge contrast from where we started mm-hmm. for the best. And, you know, I just want to acknowledge your hard work and your consistency. For example, with this podcast, mm-hmm. you weren't doing a podcast when we first started and mm-hmm. here you are and uh, it's going really well. So yeah. just want to acknowledge your hard work. I appreciate man. that, dude. Yeah, man. And as I've shared, that's, because of you, you know, we all have to take the actions and we have to be accountable to ourselves. But, you know, I've, I've talked about it several times on this podcast is having those people that are coaching you, that are keeping you accountable, I think are, are huge. You know, and when I started, I went to him like, Hey, like, I know there's something more I want in life. Like life's pretty good, yeah. but I'm not feeling as fulfilled as I should be. There's something missing. I don't know exactly what that is. Yeah. And that's why I wanted you on here today, because yeah. if there's a missing piece when it comes to entrepreneurship, there's nobody that can uncover it quite like you and then make sure people actually get there. Yeah. You know, as you know, I don't know how long it's been. It's been quite a bit since we've been working together and, and it's just awesome to see, you know, for me, my progression. Yeah. And a big thing for me too is like I see the progression you have and the things yeah. that you do. You do live by it. So that really helps me. So a lot of where I'm at today as a, you know, finding like, hey, these are the things that I love doing and these are my passions. These are my purpose. And I'm getting more fulfilled as a human, not just as a business owner or whatever. It's because of the things that we've done together. Much love. So I appreciate you being here, man. Thank you so much. Much love. love. Old brother. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, thanks for spending your time with me today. I made this show to help people just like you overcome the challenges and adversity that come with entrepreneurship. So if you know someone that could truly benefit from today's show, please be sure to share this episode with them. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week on Unleashing Greatness.